welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Welcome this morning. We're so glad you're here for this uh, time of prayer and worship together. Um, I'd like to uh, start by just telling you a short story, and then I'd like to jump into a a brief passage from Ephesians chapter 1 together, if that's okay. Uh, A couple years ago, I had the freak opportunity to travel to an island nation down south of Florida. The name we never disclose, but this island nation down south of Florida. Uh, There was like a 60-year period that the borders had been closed, and actually right after we went there, the borders were again closed. Americans were not allowed to travel there. Um, But for just that little window of time, we were allowed to go. And so I went down, and we were there on an evangelism trip. Now, it's illegal in that nation for people to share the gospel on the street. They're afraid of people assembling against the government, so it's illegal. However, you're allowed to go into the homes of people and talk about whatever you want. And so these little churches, uh, friends and family, they invited us into their homes, and then they invited people in uh, who were far away from God. And so uh, one afternoon, as as, uh, luck had it, I found myself in the home of a police officer. And uh, there were, they had invited some friends in. There was a couple, there was another lady, people that didn't know the gospel, didn't know who Jesus was. And as I'm sharing the gospel with them through translation in their homes, uh, the man shows up, the husband of the house. Uh, he has his full military police outfit on. He pulls up in a police vehicle. He runs inside, and as he comes in, my eyes are probably pretty big. And uh, his wife points right at me, and, and, and she says, he's here to arrest you. Now, she was joking, <laughs> but I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> Not funny at all. What was going on with there was this. This is a Christian couple living in this country home, and they're inviting their friends into their house so these Americans can come and share the gospel. And I'm thinking, what are the odds of that? 11 million people on this, outline, or on this island, and we're in the home of this police officer on that day sharing the gospel with these people who are looking for hope. Later that week, uh, I got to speak with a man, an older man, uh, who told me after he had crossed the line of faith, he'd heard the gospel, he had shared, you know, he'd heard us share the, he'd crossed the line of faith, and he told us, he said, you know, I've been praying for 20 years, 20 years, that somebody would come to my house and tell me about God. 20 years. And I think about the plan of God. When I think about it, it's, it is just absolutely remarkable what God is doing and what God has done. And when I think about what God is doing and who he is, it brings my heart to praise. Now, praise is a certain kind of prayer, okay? It's the kind of prayer, I think, that, that just bubbles out in us naturally. You know, when you think about what God has done and you see what God is doing in places like that island nation, you see his hand. When you, when you look into Scripture and you see his character, you see his acts, it does something right here. It's, it's impossible to unsee what you've seen. It's impossible. Um, we get a sneak peek at the character of God when we praise him. 
Now, the first chapter of Ephesians, uh, a couple of verses there, starting at verse 3, I want to read in just a minute. Um, but this is uh, written by the Apostle Paul, someone who's had an intimate knowledge, an intimate face-to-face experience with Jesus. And uh, he's, he's kind of gushing this praise. It's, just, it's like worship. It just, it's coming out, and, and it's almost like he can't control himself. It's just, it's just flowing out as he sees who God is and what God has done. Let me read these verses to you, beginning at verse 3 of chapter 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Verse 7 always gets me when I read it. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness along with wisdom and understanding. These verses are written to Christians. Okay? We share in what Paul is talking about here. He says this, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Sometimes when I get down, I just get out a pen and I make a list. I start to write down the things God has done for me. And when you make that list, it's really hard not to praise God. It just changes your heart as you think and you reflect on what God has done. It says here that uh, before the foundation of the world, before creation, he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Do you know what that means? That means God knows your name. He knew your name before he created the world. God is eternal and he knows you. Before time, he chose to adopt us into his own family through Jesus. We are children of God. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. He poured out his grace on us from heaven. I think of the football game, you know, at the end of the game where they get the big Gatorade thing and the winning coach, and it's like they dump that thing on him in the ice, and he's just saturated. He's soaked. It's dripping. It's everywhere. And that's a picture of the grace of God that God has poured out on us. The grace of God is all over us. He's purchased our freedom with the blood of Jesus. Wow. God has given us freedom from sin, and there's, there's the eternal aspect of it. We'll live with God, we'll walk with God forever, and we'll be free from sin. And we understand that, the eternal aspect of that. But you also have to think about the freedom that comes right now. God has given us freedom through the blood of Christ to push sin behind us and to walk with God in joy. Our eternal life doesn't start when we leave this world. Our eternal life starts when we ask Jesus to be our leader and our forgiver and to walk with him during this life. God has forgiven our sins. Elsewhere, Paul says this, 
There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. As far as the horizons, the east from the west, God has put our sin away from us. He remembers us, that, that sin no more. In fact, when God looks at me, he looks at me through the blood of Jesus. I have gained the perfection, I've gained the, the righteousness of Christ, and, and my sin's been put away. We are forgiven in Christ. God has showered us with kindness and with wisdom, and with understanding. Christians know the mystery of the gospel. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We know that intimately because Christ is in us and he is walking uh, with us. And so when I think about all God has done for those people that came to faith on that island nation, for what God has done for me, when I see what God has done in the pages of Scripture and I hear his voice there, it leads me to rejoice. It leads me to praise God for who he is and for what he has done. And so I'm wondering if we can just do that together here right now. What I'd like to do is this. Maybe spend a minute. We'll just be really silent here. And everybody here can just yourself speak to God and praise him, thank him for what he's done for you. And after a few minutes or maybe a minute, um, I'd like to lead us in a prayer of praise to God. So maybe we could just spend a few more minutes right now in silence and pray to God, and then I'll join in and pray with you. God, we worship you. We praise you as our creator, the sustainer of the universe. We praise you because you are all-knowing, you're all-powerful. You're everywhere present. We praise you that you've revealed yourself to us. And, and the God of creation, the one who made us in the first place, is also personal and that we can know you. You've revealed yourself to us through the scriptures. We call you Eternal Father. And we bask in the awareness that you know our name. You've known our name before you created the world. We're thankful that you've adopted us into your family, that you've made us your children, and that that act of adoption brought you great pleasure. We rejoice in that. God, I'm thankful that I am accepted, that I'm adopted, that I'm forgiven, that I'm a member of the family of God, and I praise you as my father. Amen. Man, that is fantastic, awesome, good news. There is no better news than that. Um, when Larry was talking with you through the, the beginning of the book of Ephesians here, this is a letter. Uh, this is a letter that Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, to people that, that he, he's trying to communicate some, some stuff to him to them, and I want to I want to read for you. So this is like he goes to his first two chapters of uh, of uh, of Ephesians, and he writes, and he's he's describing the grace of God. He's describing God's mercy and love towards us, and uh, and he gets to he gets to chapter three, verse fourteen, and I want to I want to read this for you, and you guys can can feel free to follow along here. But uh, this is so he he lays this out in like crystal clear, uh, you know, vivid. Uh, 
words here to describe the grace of God. And then this is what happens when he gets to, to verse 14. So he says this. He says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unmerited, un- unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So this is what Paul's writing. This is a guy who is like uh, overwhelmed by what God has done for him. He's overwhelmed by what God's done for him through the work of Jesus. He's so profoundly affected by it that he prays that the same thing would happen to the people he's writing this letter to. You know, his, his prayer is that through God's power, they would see uh, and know God and know that they, uh, God created them to know him and that he's literally done everything on their behalf so that they can be, be right before him, so they can have relationship with him, and, and that their sins are forgiven and they're made holy and righteous before God. That's what he's trying to communicate to them. So that, they're, so that they would trust him by faith as their forgiver, as their leader, that they would, uh, they would not place any trust in their own righteousness, and they'd place no faith in their own good works, uh, but instead they would trust the perfect work of Jesus on their behalf, that, that, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they could, they could clearly see their lostness, and they could see the love of God uh, reaching out towards them. So it's like they would, they would actually know how lost they are and how great God's grace is. So uh, Paul wants them to know Christ, wants them to know God the way that he knows, them, knows him. Uh, before, you know, before the power of God opened Paul's eyes, he, he really thought that he was righteous. He had a sense of righteousness in himself. So he, like, this is the same guy who, he's, uh, he's before, uh, before he came to Christ, he's opposing God, he is persecuting Christians, he's putting them in prison, and he's doing this all thinking that these are good works that are going to gain him favor before God. He's righteous in his own eyes before God. And so Paul is actually on the way to Damascus. Uh, you know, he's, he's on the way to go persecute some Christians and put them in jail. He's going to do the right thing there. And so God stops him on the road. This is what happens in Paul's life long before this. And, and God stops him. The power of God blinds him physically like he can't see anything. But it was through that physical blindness and through the power of the Holy Spirit that God actually opened his eyes to, to who he was. So he starts to see Christ, and so Christ speaks to him and says, I'm the one that you're, you're persecuting, I'm the one that you're against, and, and then he lays out for him what he's done on his behalf. And Paul has this understanding of the gospel that is life-changing. So while he lost his, his physical sight, he, he actually gained you know, uh, spiritual vision. He saw, he saw who God was, and it changed him. Well, God restored his sight, and, he's, and he goes on to do, he, he goes on to write this letter to the Ephesians, and so now he's like so completely overwhelmed by the grace of God and what he's done 
The power of God is what exposed Paul's actual condition before God. It wasn't that he was just smart enough, that he just figured it out, he reasoned his way to God. God opened his eyes to his spiritual condition, and that's what made the grace of God so significant and important to him. So what you have to see is that God's, the power of God is what opens our eyes to that. That's the only thing. The Holy Spirit, that's the only thing that can do that. Nothing but the love of Christ can, can have that kind of impact on somebody. So this is what Paul is praying for them. He's praying that God would open their eyes to see that, uh, that we are... He's praying the same thing for us, but see that they're undeserving. They're infinitely undeserving and lost, and at the same time, they are infinitely valued, loved, and forgiven through the work of Jesus Christ. Paul knows that once you see this, once you see the grace of God, you cannot unsee it. There's no unseeing it. Once you taste it, you cannot live without it. Um, once you experience it, your life is changed forever. It's never the same. Um, when, he, when he says this, he actually wants them to experience the love of Christ the way that he has. That's what his passion is through this letter. He wants them to know the joy and the peace and the freedom and the relationship that comes only through knowing the grace of God. Because you see, when, uh, when you really experience the grace of God, when you actually uh, start to realize to the point that you can comprehend it, how much God loves you, uh, the, only response, the only response to that is to say yes to him. You know, that's the only response. When you experience it, what, just knowing it changes you. Uh, if you. When you get a sense of what he's done for you, when you know that uh, he did it when you were in complete opposition to him, uh, when you realize that, God that Jesus took all the wrath and all the punishment that you deserved for your sin so that you would never have to, uh, when you realize that, that he gave you his perfect righteousness, when you realize that he suffered for you, the, and, and you, you start to see the weight of the gift that he's given you, uh, all because he loves you. Because he loves you, you'd follow him anywhere. Uh, you, my, my grandpa used to say, charge hell with a water pistol. That's what, I mean, you would follow him to the ends of the earth. You'd follow him to anything because of his love for you. So the only response is to say yes. Nothing is more compelling. Nothing is nothing more, more life-changing. There's nothing more... Uh, than experiencing the love of God. So that's what Paul's praying for these people in Ephesus, and, and that's, that's the same prayer for us. That is, you know, that's what growing in Christ is. Growing in Christ is actually understanding our lost condition before God and understanding the greatness of God's grace, how overwhelmingly bigger it is than our sin. You know, God, God's grace covers everything. And uh, to the spiritual maturity is actually growing in the understanding of that every day. So that's how we grow. By knowing and experiencing the love of Christ, we're, we're transformed by it. It's, it's not actually by trying harder. It's not by, it's not by doing better things. It's, it, it's actually knowing the grace of God and following Jesus. But it's only accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why, that's why Paul is praying here, what he prays for the, the, the Ephesians. He's praying for power from the Holy Spirit to, to see and to trust. He's praying for power to, to know and comprehend the love of Christ. And he's praying for, for power that they would actually be transformed and grow in the knowledge and understanding of God's grace and know who he is. You see, when you say yes to Jesus, he actually radically transforms your life. 
He changes your relationship with him. He changes your relationship with everybody. You see the world differently. You see everything differently. And, and you want people to know him the way that you know him. That's, that's what's happening to Paul. You know, he is so affected by the, God, the grace of God. He's so affected by what God has done in his life that he simply can't contain it. You know, he can't keep it in. Christ's love is changing him even as he's writing this letter. He wants everyone to experience it. You know, he wants his brothers and sisters in Christ to experience it, uh, but he wants, he wants his enemies and the people who actually have tried to kill him, he wants them to experience the same love and grace and forgiveness that he has. That's, that's not normal. But it is normal for somebody who's experienced the grace of God. Um, you know, what's, what's our response to that understanding? I think we need to think through that because, uh, you know, how do we respond once we know this? Paul's response was really clear here. He had, he had just written the first two chapters of Ephesians, and, and he's described in vivid detail what God's grace looks like and what he's done for us. And so he gets to this point, and, and he, he's literally overwhelmed by it. You know, and what does it say he, he does? It says, he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. So like his immediate response, he's like, it's too much. It's too much for me to understand. I, and, and all I can do is pray. And so like, like Larry was saying, we, we, we praise God through prayer. But So he was praying for power to see what God has done. So I, I, I want to take some time right now. I wonder if we could pray together and, uh, and spend some time. Uh, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to spend just a, just a minute or two just quiet here with our, our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Um, and we're going to take time to pray that God would open our eyes to see and, uh, and comprehend the love of Christ. If, uh, if, you're, if, if this kind of relationship with God sounds foreign to you, or maybe you're not experiencing that, uh, or, or maybe if you're putting any faith in your good works as, uh, so that God will favor you, I would encourage you to, to, pray, to pray this, that God would, through his Holy Spirit, through his power, that he would open your eyes to see the reality that he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him the same way that Paul knows him. Jesus, uh, because he loves you, because he loves you, he paid it all. There's actually, there is no more to pay. There's nothing else to pay. Your good works can't pay it. You, you can actually today, right now, you can put all your trust in him and you can choose him as forgiver and as leader. Now you can lay down self-leadership, sin. You can even lay down your good works and follow Jesus. So I want, I want to take this time to pray for the power to see and trust Jesus for everything. Let's pray. While you're praying, I'd encourage you to pray this as well, um, that God would not only uh, open your eyes, but he'd open your eyes to comprehend and experience the love of Christ, uh, that you would see really clearly and specifically in your own life what God's love looks like, to see his perfect love for you. 
that through him you would, that through Jesus you would know the grace of God and you'd be overwhelmed by it. I would pray and ask God to overwhelm you with his grace and ask him to radically transform your life and then say yes to him and follow him. Father, I thank you that you um, you have separated our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. That you have made us righteous and holy before you because of Jesus. Father, I thank you that we stand uh, approved before you because of him and not because of our own works, not because of any good thing that we do, but because of what you have done. Uh, Father, I thank you that your love for us is so great that... Uh, that it would actually compel us to obedience. Your word says it's the love of Christ that compels us to obedience. It says your, your kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. So Father, I pray that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, not only would you open our eyes, but would you, you'd give us the strength to, to turn from our own self-leadership to your leadership. That we, would, uh, that we would not put any trust in our own works, but we would put all of our trust in yours. Father, I pray that you would give us strength to follow you in obedience and trust you by faith in everything. And that, that in the only response we can have to this overwhelming understanding of your grace is that we would, uh, that we would fall to our knees and pray and we would be transformed by your grace. God, give us eyes to see the world completely differently uh, because of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, there's, there's a level where, where you have to understand who God is, who Christ is, what he has accomplished on our behalf, right? As we've, you know, Larry uh, took us through Ephesians chapter one and, and Pastor Matt took us through Ephesians chapter three. You begin to see uh, who God is. You begin to see who Christ is and what he's accomplished. And, and what there is, is there's this, this natural outflow that begins to happen as a result of recognizing the power and the majesty and the mercy and the glory of who God is, right? But you have to go there first because if you reverse what I'm about to talk about, you'll actually begin to leverage that as good works. You'll begin to use that in a way to try to earn God's favor, right? And so when we talk about the gospel, I want to uh, just ask a, a quick question. Let's take an informal poll here in the room. And then uh, if you're joining us online, uh, you can uh, let us know as well. But uh, just by a show of hands, uh, I want you to raise them here this morning. Or maybe do like a hand emoji uh, on the Facebook, you know, on chat or whatever. But uh, do this. Uh, raise your hand if there's ever been a time in your life where you have been nervous uh, afraid or even scared to share the gospel or to talk about Jesus to somebody. Has anybody else been there with me? Like, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> like all of us. Uh, we have all been there. Uh, and the reality is if you haven't been there yet, give it a second, right? Like it, it'll come. Uh, we all experience these moments of, of anxiety, nervousness, uh, an opportunity to share Jesus. And there's all kinds of reasons behind it. But I think the question is, right, when it happens, what do you do? 
Right? What do you do with that? And, and I think Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20 really point to, right? They're on the tail end of all of this clear truth about God to praise him and celebrate him. Uh, 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 the understanding of his love and what he's accomplished on our behalf. And you get to the outflow of this. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's actually read Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 18 uh, through 20. Let's read this out loud together, starting with pray in the spirit at all times. Are you ready? Go. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me, too. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Right? There's a couple of things that really ring true for me. Um, and, and what I'd like to, to point out here uh, quickly is uh, Paul starts out verse 18 and he says this, pray in the spirit. Right? Pray in the Spirit. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe for some of you go, well, I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know that I really understand what that means. You know? Is it like this spooky thing to pray in the Spirit? Is it, you know, I, I don't know necessarily what that means or what that looks like. Right? But what, what actually Paul is doing here is he's putting forward very practical coaching for believers in prayer, but it's also supernatural. Right? Uh, it's like leaning into the Spirit. And so I have a question for you to kind of help, uh, help us think about this idea of praying in the Spirit. Here's a question. This is not a trick question, by the way. Um, who, who is the one, who's the one who inspired Paul to, to write the letter to the Ephesians? Who, who is the one who inspired Peter uh, to write? Who inspired, who inspired James? Who inspired Luke? Uh, who inspired Isaiah and Jeremiah to, to prophesy? Uh, to inspire King David uh, to, to pen the Psalms? Like, who is the one who inspired all of these different people to actually write Scripture? Who, who is it? Yeah, the, the Holy Spirit, right? So you, you actually have the Holy Spirit inspiring these people, right, to write the words of God. So here's a thought. Perhaps a great starting place to pray in the Spirit is actually to pray in harmony and in agreement with the Word of God, because that's the Holy Spirit leading that, right? And so you would begin, right, leveraging the Scriptures to, to shape the way that you pray, right? To, to lead, to be to your spirit, your mind, your will, to be in agreement with what God has already said. Think about how that would overwhelmingly transform many of the prayers that we pray, right? To pray in alignment with the scripture. And so if you want to pray in the spirit, I think a great place to begin is to pray in agreement with the Holy Spirit inspired scriptures. The other thing Paul does here is he says, uh, hey, uh, pray for me too. Pray, pray for me makes his personal request to keep sharing the gospel. Now, you might not know this, and, and you might know this too, is that when Paul is writing this letter to the uh, Ephesians, this church in Ephesus, um, he's actually in prison, right? When he's writing this letter, he's, he's in prison. Do you know why he's in prison? 
for the gospel. <laughs> he's in prison because he's clearly sharing the gospel, and, and so he's in prison for it. And so what he says is this, hey, uh, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm in prison for sharing the gospel, and pray that I would continue to share the gospel with boldness and with clarity, that I wouldn't be afraid, that I wouldn't be overwhelmed with fear, that I wouldn't be overrun by anxiety and all of that, but rather with boldness to make clear the scriptures. What's remarkable to me is, is what he prays. It's also remarkable what he doesn't pray, right? He doesn't say, could somebody pray uh, to get me out of here really quickly, please, right? Like, is anybody praying that one? Uh, that's not in here. He, d- he doesn't pray for, like, the prison food to get better, right? He's, he's, not, he's not praying. He's like, hey, could somebody out there pray that things start going smooth, right? You, you, you don't see, like, prayers of smoothness in here or anywhere in the Scripture for that matter. But what you see here is, hey, I, I am in chains. I am locked up for the gospel, And that seems like that would create real barriers. But in actuality, there's open doors. And would you pray for me to recognize those and to speak with boldness, to speak with joy about who Jesus Christ is? That's his prayer. And and what I'm finding as I I read the scriptures and and God is is speaking clearly to me through them increasingly, as I I hear Larry teach about uh, how the scriptures and and God's character uh, naturally draw him to praise, as I hear Pastor Matt expose the depths and the widths uh, of, of Christ's love on our behalf and that literally Paul was praying for us to have the strength, like just the strength to even comprehend what that means. The, the more that I'm understanding the scripture, the more that I'm understanding the gospel, the more that I'm discovering the overwhelming love, mercy, and justice that God has displayed through Jesus Christ, I'm finding myself increasingly turning to prayer, to be with him, to be in his presence, to, to have him lead the direction, the day, the moment, right? And, and, and it's not like prayers for a blessed life. It's not prayers for like early retirement and, and everything to, to just go really, really well. But, but rather, it's, it's prayer. What Paul's doing here is asking uh, the God of creation to rescue people from sin and from death, that they would say yes to Jesus Christ and, and cross into life. You know, one of the reasons I think this gets really key and critical for us uh, individually and us as a church family is that in our county, right, we estimate, and I think this is a low estimate, but that there are 50,000 people living in our county who are separated from God, spiritually lost, right? They are, they are dead in their trespasses, according to Scripture. Um, and, and one of the things I think about is the fact, like, if Jesus came back today, for me, greatest day ever, greatest moment ever to see him return. For those people who are separated from God, if Jesus is to come back, worst day. Worst day. And you can't unring that bell. Right? And so, and so I think about what does it look like? What does it look like for, for us to, to pray in the way that Paul is praying? And, and I shared what I shared earlier because if you start here, if you start with, well, we got to go do stuff. we got to go do things for God. What you'll do is you'll put a weight and you'll put a burden on yourself that you'll never be able to fulfill. And you're never meant to carry it anyways. But you have to start with the character of God. 
You have to start with the love of Christ and what he's accomplished. And then the outflow of that is this right here, where you go, how can I, how can I not? How can I not but help to talk about who Jesus is and what he's done in me, right? And so that people would resist self-leadership, life under their own direction, and instead would say yes to Jesus' leadership and new life in him. And so we can begin that work, and we can continue that work through prayer. So what I'd like to do this morning uh, as, as a family is that uh, we could spend some time praying together. I'd actually like to lead us in a, a time of guided prayer where I'm going to give a few phrases uh, to, to lead you in a way uh, you might think about praying uh, this morning as we pray for our county, as we pray for the Holy Spirit to lead us, as we pray uh, for God to use us uh, with regards to the gospel. So let's do this. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here on location, if you're on our online campus, I'd invite you to do the exact same thing, to to pray with us right where you're at. And so uh, let's just take a moment and listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I, I would ask you to guide us thoughtfully in praying, uh, praying your prayers. How how would you have us to pray this morning in agreement and in harmony with Scripture. And so here's the first place that, that the Holy Spirit may lead us to pray this morning. Use, use this phrase as, as a launching pad, but simply this, God, help me to see lost people as you do. Help me to see lost people as you do. Ask God for that right now. Maybe, maybe there's even a level of confession involved in that. God, I admit that there are simply too many times that I uh, do not see lost people the way that you do. Uh, my own, my own self-centeredness gets in the way, and I get overly focused on my agenda. And so I would, I would ask you to transform my mind and my spirit, to give me eyes to see the way that you see. Help me to see people who are far from you. Um, not, not, as, not as like obstacles to overcome or, or, or even like people to, to, get, uh, like to get them in line and, and get them under control or, you know, I don't, I don't know whatever it is, but, uh, but, but rather to see them as people who are attempting to solve and answer uh, life's deepest challenge on their own. Independent from you. And that, and that always, that always ends in failure. And so would you help me to see lost people the way that you see lost people? Here's another 
phrase uh, you might use to guide your prayer this morning. God, open doors for the gospel. God, open doors for the gospel. Ask, Ask God for that now in your own personal life. Father, I, I would probably have to admit that it's, it's not as much uh, of asking you to open up doors for the gospel, but uh, probably likely that um, I would have the ability to recognize those open doors, um, to see them um, as opportunities. And, and so, Father, I, uh, Holy Spirit, I would ask if right now, uh, every person in this room, every person joining us online, uh, I wonder if you would begin to give us uh, names of people we know and come in contact with, people we love. If you would uh, show us faces in our minds right now of people who are far from you and recognize that those in and of themselves are open doors for the gospel to be shared. And this week, you might write those names down and begin praying for them. Asking God for open doors. Here's another phrase to guide our prayer this morning. God, give me boldness to share Jesus with others. This morning, ask God. It's the prayer that Paul prayed. Give me boldness. Father, I would, I would ask for boldness that when we recognize those open doors, we would have the courage to walk through them. Um, even, even in the face of fear, even in the face of nervousness and, oh my, how is this going to play out and what's this going to look like and all of, all of those things, but knowing that uh, I, I am following the sovereign creator of the universe and uh, I don't need to worry about all of those things. I, I just need to say yes to this moment and step into it. I'm just reminded this morning when I was reading, uh, when, when Jesus, you told your disciples, hey, you're going to stand in front of kings one day and talk about me. Don't worry about what you're going to say. I know you, uh, you believe you're standing in front of somebody who's very, very important, and in many ways you are, but also know that you have someone of immense value and importance who's living inside of you, and he is actually going to guide you in what to say in real time. May we have that kind of faith and reliance in your spirit. Give us boldness, but boldness wrapped in humility and grace, recognizing that we're not sharing something that we earned or deserve because we're smart or, or we're better or whatever it is. We're sharing a gift that we were freely given, and so we ourselves freely give it away. Here's a last phrase I used to, to guide us in prayer this morning. It's this, God, let me see people be born again in Christ. 
think we can ask God for that. God, we would, we would pray on behalf of those names and those faces that came into our mind earlier that we would one day get to see them leave the kingdom of darkness, uh, no longer be crushed under the weight of their sin and their trespasses, but to find new life in Jesus Christ, to be born again through faith alone, by grace alone, because of your work alone, that we would actually get to watch people leave death and darkness and be born again right in front of us, not because of any effort on our own, but because of the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And we would get to rejoice over lost who were found, over dead who were brought back to life. I pray that you would give every single believer, every single disciple in this room connected to this church family, the opportunity to see multiple people cross the line of faith and not only hear stories of other people engaging that, but actually seeing it firsthand, you at work in the lives of other people. Oh, I pray that for our church family. I pray that for myself, that we would see that. And what we read about in Acts, that day by day, the Lord was adding to their number, that, that, that we would see that too. And I would say this, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to walk hand in hand with you. Thank you that uh, the, your bride is not like plan B or something like that when it comes to sharing the gospel, but uh, we are plan A. Um, there's no other plan. Uh, you have commissioned us to go, therefore, into all the world, making disciples. That you said we, we would be your witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so may we step into that, but not out of obligation, not out of fear, not out of compulsion in some way that we're going to earn like your favor, but rather because we ourselves have experienced the love of Christ. We bask in it and we enjoy it. We celebrate it. We worship you and the outflow is seeing our own lives be transformed and seeing the lives of others be transformed too. We bless you and we worship you. We ask these things in the wonderful and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 9.09 or 11.11. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.